Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. Now, every Tuesday afternoon, I have been learning how to live well from people who have mastered it. And we've been talking about ice baths, how to sleep, get a good night's sleep, figuring out your finances, hill walking. I haven't heard as many, um, yeah, different ways, I suppose, to try and get our just health and well-being in order as I have in the past couple of weeks. But as always, if you've missed any of them, you can listen back the new, on um, the News Talk app. Just subscribe there to Lunchtime Live. Today, though, I'm chatting to Patri- Patrick McKeown, who's an author and breathing instructor. Pat- Patrick, good afternoon, first of all. Good afternoon, Andrea. Um, is it as simple as in through your nose and out through your mouth? Well, even that doesn't make sense. You know, and even like there's a lot of misnomers in breathing. There's a lot of misinformation. Even the instructions to take a deep breath. It's probably the most harmful thing that you could do. And people also believe that if you take full big breaths that more oxygen gets throughout the body. And that's not true either. So there's a little bit of entangling. It's actually very simple. Breathing is very simple. Well, we, we all do it. We all think we've mastered it. <laughs> we, we do. But many things influence it. Stress influences, you know, yeah, genetics, yeah. Okay. hormonal changes in females, the stuffy environments that we're living in, perfectionist tendencies. So, you know, there's a lot of influences to breathing. And yes, some people will have good breathing and some people mm. don't. Just to explain to people, first of all, how did you get into this, Patrick? I had asthma as a kid growing up. And a teenager into my early 20s. I also had a stuffy nose, which is very common with asthma. Yeah. And then I was, I was tired all the time. So I got through university. I went to Trinity and I came out and I was in the corporate world, highly stressed. And it wasn't necessarily the job. Um, it was m- my reaction to it with poor sleep and faster mm. breathing and upper chest breathing. You know, you wouldn't have the same level of concentration. And I found that all the way through school into university. So I read a newspaper article, I think it was the Irish Independent, and it was an article about the importance of breathing in and out through your nose, but breathing lightly. And I put it into practice. It really helped me. And then about two years later, I said, I'm going to change careers. So I changed careers. So now you, you, you work full time in the area of um, breathing instructing, yes. basically. Since 2002. So it's 22 years. Okay, so um, strip it back and tell us, what are we doing wrong then? Mouth breathing is very common. And it doesn't make sense to breathe in or out through the mouth. You know, we look at children, 25 to 50 percent of studied kids in the adult population. 50 percent of adults wake up with a dry mouth in the morning. The mouth does nothing for the breath. Like there's nothing in the mouth that serves any purpose for breathing. In the mouth is our teeth, our tongue, our hard palate, soft palate, the back of the throat. None of that does anything for breathing. And if we breathe through the mouth, we have poorer sleep. We have lighter sleep. We're more prone to snoring and to sleep apnea. We're more prone to stress response. Um, nose breathing it's been known since 1988 that continuous nasal breathing it improves the oxygen transfer from the lungs to the blood by 10% and even though this all of this information is out there and it's buried Mm. in the literature in in PubMed you'll find it there's still ideas out there about breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth or taking this but full it's, big it's breath. But what you're always told, isn't it? Like yes, just, when I think back at all of the different scenarios, you know, where be, yeah. in through your nose, out through your mouth. Like the strangest thing that when I came across this, my nose was stuffy. So I did a simple exercise back then because I had hardly any yeah. instruction. Take a normal breath in through your nose, out through your nose, pinch your nose, normal, normal in through your nose, out through your I'm nose. I'm doing it here now in the, yeah, So it's the a mic. normal breath in through your nose. Out through your nose, pinch your nose and hold yeah. your nose and then just gently nod your head up and down, holding your breath for maybe a count of 10 nods. Because you have to nearly stop and think, how do I breathe? <laughs> when you, when you, yes. you know, because when you're talking about people who at night will sleep just in and out through their mouth, 
But sure, at the time, they clearly don't know they're doing that. So how do you counter that? But somebody should have been saying this to them. You know, this has, like children, it's been known for children who were mouth breathing. They've had an increased risk of reduced cognitive function since 1909. None of this stuff is new. Um, we should be told this when we're going into our dentist. If, we, if we're a chronic mouth breather, our mouth is dry, we're more prone to dental problems. Our doctors should be aware of the importance of breathing in and out through the nose. You know, it, it really boils down to that the nose is such a simple organ that it's very powerful. It's simple, mm. but it's been overlooked in that basis. So what, so just sorry, just explain them. What, what should we do? Well, start off with nose breathing in and out. So just your nose. Forget about Great your mouth. Great place to start. Yes, right. your mouth is for eating, for drinking and for speaking. Leave it alone for that. Yes. Okay. Yes. And, you know, when it, like at the start, people are doing physical exercise. Do physical exercise at an intensity at which you can sustain nasal breathing. You get much better recruitment of the diaphragm. You get much better oxygen delivery to the tissues. It helps your breathing long term. It improves blood flow to the brain by 10%. So, you know, even coming to, back to this point, Andrea, if I was to hear somebody intentionally breathing, they may believe that more oxygen is getting through mm. the body, but the, intention, the intentional breath, the full breath that they're taking is getting rid of too much carbon dioxide from the lungs and blood. And this is reducing their blood circulation. So if we breathe harder and faster, and if we have a habit of breathing a little bit too much air, our circulation is impaired and oxygen delivery is impaired throughout the body, including the brain. Yeah. So cold hands are very common with people with poor breathing patterns. So how do we change it? Well, we change our breathing. We become conscious of our breath, bring our attention onto our breathing, start softening the breath. Even just taking a soft breath in through the nose and a really relaxed and yeah. slow, gentle breath out. But what I mean is you need to literally sit down, though, and actually look at how you're, you're breathing. I suppose monitor it and then make a conscious effort to shift what you're doing. Forget about your mouth. Keep it shut and just in through your nose and out through your nose. It is. But, but if people understood a few basic rules and all they then have to do is bring that, that yeah. into their way of life. Like I talk publicly. A lot of people will have fears um, getting on stage and maybe talking out to a group of 800 or 1,000 people. Mm. But I use breathing to self-regulate. And you know, there's times, of course, you might feel a little bit more stressed and you feel your heart rate increasing. Yeah, I'll bring down my heart rate. So I will, ch- I will use the breath to bring myself into a state of calm. A little bit stress is good. Not too much stress is bad. Like, And there's a tool that everybody should be using. We all go into challenging situations. There's people getting going into competition, people going in to do job interviews, people coming in here, for example. And nobody, like, we haven't been taught how to self-regulate. And even, like, I work with different groups of people, snipers, teaching them how to breed when they're going into special operation. You know, we've had many, many individuals, some of the best bands in the world I work yeah. with. Well, I was thinking, team. actually, singers would probably be an area where your breathing is, is quite important. Actually, Correct. the line of work I'm at. It is because, say, for example, you're talking all day, which is trauma to the vocal cords. But then if you have your mouth open all night, you're drying out your airways, your upper airways where the vocal cords are housed, become drier. They can be inflamed, increased amounts of mucus. And also a talker or a singer with poor breathing is going to sound more breathy. So say, for example, you're listening to a radio presenter and you can pick up in a radio presenter with good breathing and one with not so good breathing. The one with not so good breathing, you hear their breathing. They're running out of air. And that will also impact their stress response because 
that breathing pattern isn't just affecting your mm. voice, but it's affecting your state of mind. Um, to teach yourself, I suppose, or to try and change your habits, how long roughly does that take? Oh, we, you know, you can, if people have the basic instruction, you just bring it into your way of life. There's a, there's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it. Yeah, simple as that. Like that's it, you know, and like even the instruction to take a deep breath. And I think anybody will understand if you took five or six of those deep breaths, how would your head feel? I went in to do a final exam back in 1997 and I can specifically remember taking a walk for about one to two minutes. Mm. And during that time, I took these full big breaths. I walked into the exam hall and I was lightheaded. Now, that was poor information that was out there at the time, yeah. but it's no different to the information that's out there now. And people are still peddling it, Andrea. People uh, are talking about breathing and they don't have the faintest idea what it's what? actually doing. Uh, some of the texts coming in, Patrick, on this, listeners, says, when I lie down at night, my nose actually feels quite stuffy. Is there anything I can do to prevent it? Yes, norm- it's very normal that one side of your nose will get stuffy when you lie down at night. It's the side of the nose closest to the pillow. But your breathing during the day is going to influence your breathing during sleep. And the world's founding father of sleep medicine, Dr. Christian Guimano, he spoke about the critical importance of restoring nasal breathing. So if, for example, like we use we use a tape and I know that will sound totally bizarre, but we have a special tape that surrounds the mouth to pull the lips together. And it's a, it's a safe way of breathing through your nose during sleep. But really, it starts with how you breathe during the day. Like, and you talk about people with asthma. We have 400,000 people with asthma in this country. And how many times have people who would ask me being encouraged to breathe through their nose? Our mouth well, does sure, I just said it and I've asthma. <laughs> I'm in the, the cohort you're talking about. And then if we think of a gas called nitric oxide that was discovered back in 1991 in the nasal airway and that gas is a bronchodilator. Mm. That gas is sterilising the incoming air. Some of the, the texts coming in, um, I often feel quite lightheaded when I breathe in through my nose and out through my mouth, says this texture. Too much breathing. Too much. Yes. Too big. So even though she may be sl- he or maybe he yeah. or she may be slowing down the breath, the tidal volume, the volume of air that they are taking into their body is too much. Um, I was told that I don't breathe properly and it's affecting my adrenal gland. I was told to breathe in, in th- into my stomach, hold it for four seconds. I was only breathing in through my chest, says this texter. Again, you know, breathing with good recruitment of the diaphragm, it's not just necessarily belly breathing. We really want to see lateral expansion and contraction of the lower ribs. If for somebody who is in a state of chronic stress or dysregulation mm. of the autonomic nervous system, it's very important that that person goes really, really gentle. Okay. Like I'm working with a person, say, in the States, chronic fatigue syndrome for 30 years, a really well-known musician. And constantly all I'm doing is giving him instruction for his body to tell his brain that he's okay. safe. If people want more information, Patrick? Um, there's books out there. We have an app, Oxygen Advantage. We have websites, butecoclinic.com, oxygenadvantage.com. Brilliant. Listen, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thanks a million for joining us in the studio today. Author and uh, breathing instructor, Patrick McKeown. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.